Thank you for joining me today's podcast. In our study today in the Bible, we're going to look at Philippians 4:19, which says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So here's the question I'm proposing. You just heard this scripture and what Christ will do for us. Let me ask this. How will I use the word of God? How do I plan to use the word of God in my life? First of all, why do we need the word of God? The word need holds many different meanings. To say, I need my coffee in the morning or I won't be able to function is a popular thing to say, but not really true or factual. To say, I need oxygen to breathe or my heart will stop beating is a factually true statement. If we need oxygen to live, then we need spiritual oxygen or food to live spiritually. God gave us a spirit so we could live eternally and to help us meet our daily needs physically so we can minister to others. Now I want to take my time about this. The the Word of God is living and active in our lives. God's Word gives life to those things which are otherwise considered spiritually dead. The Holy Spirit changes us through the Word of God and gives us true life. Let's read that. Hebrews 4.12 literally says this, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. What is the Word of God? The Word is a manifestation of the mind and will of God. When we look at Luke 18, verses 27 through 30, and this is how Jesus responds. He said, What is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, well, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Now, you notice how he mentioned the family, if you're willing to give that up. So he's talking about your most treasured part of your life, which I think is true with all of us, is our family. Are we willing to give up the things of this life for Christ? And Christ says, I'm going to take care of you. That's what I'm here for. So we need God to help us through this life, as verse 30 mentions, and we get a bonus after this life. We secure eternal life in the world to come. And in verse 27, we realize that we have impossibilities in our life today. However, with God, our own dependence on God, nothing is impossible to get through it. John 1 and verse 1 and verse 14 are really key to this message. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14, he says, so the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full 
of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The manifested Jesus, being born as a human, was a miraculous event when the Spirit hovered over the Virgin Mary's human body to bring life into existence. This proved that the body cannot live without a spirit. Knowing this, will we allow the Holy Spirit to live within us or to commune with our spirit as a guiding lamp? Or do we choose to live with an evil spirit? Jesus was talking to the disciples when he said in John 15 verses 26 through 27, But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. How powerful is the word of God? That's in the same verse we just read in Hebrews 4.12. This is how powerful it is. The word of God is quick and it's powerful. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the divided asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's how powerful it is. As the sustainer, God continuously confers life. Look at Psalms 104, verses 10 through 32. Take the time to pause and just read that for a minute. And if we look at John 14, 6, it says, He is life. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And all creation is held together by the power of Christ. We, we learn this in Colossians 1.17. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. And verse 18 says, he is first in everything. Isn't that amazing? Adam, who had been created to live and fellowship with God, was cursed with a completely carnal existence. What God had intended to go from dust to glory now was to go from dust to dust. Just like Adam, the man without God today still functions in an earthly existence. Such a person may seem to be happy, after all, there is enjoyment and pleasure to be had in this life that we live today. But even those enjoyments and pleasures cannot be fully received without a relationship with God. Even those who reject God receive their sustenance from Him. Matthew 5.45 He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. To think that man can live without God is to suppose a sunflower can continue to live without light or a rose without water. Solomon concludes that life is God's gift. We read that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 12 through 13. And the only wise way to live is to fear God. That's what Solomon concluded after all his evaluation. Let's read those two verses. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands 
for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. That's a great conclusion, Solomon. In other words, there is more to life than the physical dimension. Jesus stresses this point when he says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's in Matthew 4.4. Not bread, the physical, but God's word, the spiritual, keeps us alive. That's what he's expressing. It is useless for us to search within ourselves for the cure to all of our miseries. Man can only find life and fulfillment when he acknowledges God. It's like taking a piece of string. And if I handed you a piece of string, what would you do with it? I think if some people had just a little piece of six inch of string, they'd probably just throw it away or they'd twirl it in their finger. But what good can come out of a piece of string? Now, if you're a survivalist, you might find some use for it. And you're stuck in the middle of nowhere, it might be helpful. When it comes time to needing something, you'll find a way to use it to benefit you. I just encourage you just to even pause now. Just write down a few things how you would use this piece of string in your life. How could you make it useful? In conclusion to this question, what will we do with the Word of God? Or how will I use the Word of God? Tools in a tool chest are of no use unless you apply them to make the necessary repairs. Otherwise, everything remains broken and the tools stay where they are. They've become useless. Here's nine takeaways that I came up with for you. Number one, we must testify about Him with the Word of God. This is what we've been reading. Number two, God's Word will supply all our needs just ask for them. Number three, God's word gives us life. Use the word to sustain life. Number four, we can use the word of God to change the impossible to the possible. Number five, make God part of our human anatomy. John 1:14. So the word became human and made his home among us. Number six, use the word of God to be full of unfailing love and faithfulness, as it says in John 1.14 as well. Number seven, use the Word of God to get things done, as it says in Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is alive and powerful. Number eight, realize that Christ is the first in everything, so we should put His Word first in everything we do, as it says in Colossians 1.18. Number nine, We cannot live without Christ, so we should use His words to live with Christ. Use the scriptures, the word, to benefit your life. Consider the story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. It's a great story. It's worth taking the time to read. Scripture says that this woman from Shunamm was a wealthy woman who, seeing Elisha was a holy man of God, blessed the prophet with meals and a place to stay. For her reward, God gave the woman a miracle, a son of her own. So one day, the Shunammite's son died. She carried him up, laid him on the bed of Elisha's. She shut the door and left. 
amazingly, she, she didn't cry or get troubled, as you would expect of a woman who had just lost her only son. When she was questioned by her husband and Elisha's servant, Gehazi, her response was, it is well, everything is fine, it is all right. In other versions, you see it saying, it is well within my soul. The woman didn't call for help, but went to Mount Carmel to talk to Elisha and Gehazi. She didn't ask for 911 or an ambulance or someone else who knew anything else about medical health. She knew exactly where to go. God then used Elisha to raise her son from the dead. After praying and laying on the boy, the child sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. The Shunammite woman called on God's man, Elisha, to use God's word to raise her son from the dead. That's how she used God's word. When Peter and John were getting ready to enter the temple, remember that story? It was about three in the afternoon for prayer. And they saw a crippled man who was crippled since birth. And as we read in Acts 3, verse 6, But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. See, Peter used the word of God. He put the Word of God into work. That's a classic example. How do we put the Word of God to work? You see, man is a unique creation. God has set a sense of eternity in our hearts, and that sense of timeless destiny can only find its fulfillment in God Himself. Let me just read it. This verse is worth reading. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I conclude there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. Everything that we have are gifts from God. And even the sinful world enjoys the gifts from God. But are we going to use it to his benefit? And God has called us to use the word of God. Accepting Christ, accepting that the word says that you'll have eternal salvation is a good start. Make a list of the things that you can do to use the word of God to work in your favor and benefit others. Think about it. God bless you.